May the sounds of Advent stir a longing in your people, O God. Come again to set us free from the dullness of routine and the poverty of our imaginations. Break the patterns which bind us to small commitments and to the stale answers we have given to questions of no importance. Let the Advent trumpet blow. Let the walls of our defenses crumble. And make a place in our lives for the freshness of your love. Well lived in the Spirit. And still given to all who know their need receive Spring of the joy of living, ocean 
Gather, welcome to church. Thanks for being with us today. My name is Josh, and I'm the pastor here. Uh, before we get started with our teaching, we're going to participate in our confession of faith. We do this every single week uh, as a reminder of the kind of faith we want to have and the kind of community we want to be. And so I'll lead us through this confession of faith and then say a prayer for us. So gather, this is the faith we are seeking. We are seeking an expansive faith. We believe our theological system should always be growing wider and including more. We are seeking a faith rooted in the person and the practice of Jesus. We believe Jesus is God and is worthy of our worship and our imitation. We are seeking a faith built on a foundation of theological minimalism. We believe in holding tight to the first things of faith and living open-handed with the rest. We are seeking a faith marked by curiosity. We believe we should always have more questions than we do answers. And we are seeking a faith filled with compassion. We believe our beliefs are never more important than the person right in front of us. So gather as we prepare to open the scriptures, let's say a prayer together. God, we are here today as seekers, not seeking answers, but seeking wisdom, not seeking doctrine, but seeking a way of life inspired by the radical love of Jesus Christ. Amen. So thank you uh, for celebrating Advent with us. This is the third week of Advent. And uh, as a reminder, I've been telling you every week, Advent is the church's way of remembering and observing that God came to be with us once, God is with us now, and God will come again to set all things right. And typically the four weeks of Advent are hope, peace, joy, and love, but we're doing something a little bit different this year. Uh, Our four themes this year are waiting, accepting, journeying, and birthing. And the new language is just a way to kind of give us a new perspective on this season, kind of look at it a little bit differently, hopefully breathe a little bit of new life uh, into it. And this week, our Advent theme is journeying. And when you hear the word journey or you imagine yourself on a journey, I wonder what comes to mind for you. Maybe a road trip. I wonder if you're alone on the journey, if you're with someone, with a group of people. Uh, Maybe you just think, don't stop believing when you hear the word journey. Maybe being on a journey is a religious cliche for you. I understand. 
but just stick with me today, okay? What comes to mind for you when you hear the word journey or imagine being on a journey? The entire Bible is a journey story. God's people are constantly on the move, sometimes on purpose, uh, sometimes by the urging of God, sometimes in pain, sometimes in celebration, but God's people are always on the move. And the Christmas story is no different. Uh, There are kind of journeys all over the Christmas story. They mark all the biggest points of the Christmas story. So there's the journey of the wise men, the magi, the the journey of the shepherds from the field, and the journey of Mary and Joseph. And we're going to read a little bit of each of those journeys just to kind of give us some context and hopefully find a through line uh, for our Advent journey. And so the the wise men, as we think of them, the Magi, uh, the story is in Matthew chapter 2. And the Magi uh, go to visit King Herod in Jerusalem because they had seen a star in the sky and believed that a a baby king had been born, the king of the Jews. So they go to see King Herod and say, where do we find this new king, this baby king? This is what it says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They journeyed from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. Similarly, the shepherds journeyed too, but instead of a star, an angel appears to the shepherds in the field and tells them that a savior, a Messiah has been born. In Luke chapter two, it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child and all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These journeys uh, take place, the the journeys of the Magi and the shepherds, they take place after a really long journey from Mary and Joseph. You might know this story, but in Luke chapter 2, we learn, verse verse 1 of Luke chapter 2, that Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, where he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. All three of these are stories of, of journeying, of being on the move, uh, but they're different. Right? They all have different starting places. The Magi, the story starts uh, with a star in the sky and a king telling them to find this baby. The shepherds are interrupted in their work by angels in the sky that come down to give them news. And Mary and Joseph are on the move on a journey because of a Roman decree. It's political. The journeys are also different links. It says the shepherds are just in a field near, nearby, but Mary and Joseph, they, they travel uh, 90 miles on foot through rough terrain. Being uh, nine months pregnant, people think it probably took about a week on foot, sleeping outside, walking all day long. These stories, these journeys are divine, and they are political, and they are practical. The journeys are difficult, and they at times were probably exciting, 
They were also likely boring. And my guess is that they might have felt pretty lonely. But what you get, the through line that you get in these narratives, these journeys of the Magi, of the shepherds, of Mary and Joseph, the through line that you get is that God was present in it all. That God was present working through kings and through stars and working through royal decrees. That God was present working in shepherds and in Magi and in carpenters and in pregnant teenagers. That God was present. That, That no matter how unshrew that might have or must have felt to Mary and Joseph, that God was present on their journey. In spite of all the signs pointing otherwise, in spite of giving birth to a promised baby in a barn, that Mary and Joseph, the Magi, the shepherds, they were never alone. They were never lost. God was present with them. And I wonder if that might be the same through line for us, for you, for your journey. Because I, I know, because I know you, a lot of you, I know uh, you are on a journey. You're on a journey. Everyone is on a journey. You, you have walked through real pain, real questions, real struggle. You guys remember 2020? Everybody, anybody processed that yet? We have been on a journey. You've been on a journey with your faith. You have doubted. You've questioned. You've been angry at religious systems. Rightfully so. You've been on a journey, but hear me today. You can't travel far enough. You can't run fast enough. You can't doubt long enough or be mad enough for God to leave you. You cannot walk away from God. You can walk away from church. You can walk away from church people. You can walk away from organized religion. You can walk away from harmful theology, but you cannot walk away from God. This is what I want you to hear from me today about journeying, about your journey this Advent. You are not lost. You are not alone. You have a past, but you also have a future. You haven't arrived, but eventually you will. You are on your way. Just like Mary and Joseph, just like the shepherds in the field, you are not lost. You are not alone. You have a past and you have a future. You haven't arrived, but eventually you will. You are on your way. I know it's hard but that doesn't mean you won't make it. And I know it feels lonely, but that does not mean that you are alone. You are on your way. And I, I want you to know today that I, I am uh, no stranger to a, to a difficult journey. Uh, I thought today I could share with you some of my own journey. I don't, I don't do that quite as much anymore. Uh, I know some of you know a little bit about me and you get some of my story and my teaching, you know, about me, my past, maybe my family. But I want you to know that that I have been on a journey the last few years. Uh, I've walked a long, difficult road of grief and pain, and I haven't arrived, but I will. I grew up in a a Southern Baptist church in a family of Southern Baptist pastors. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a pastor's grand 
kid. I'm a pastor's cousin and a pastor's nephew of a family of Southern Baptist pastors. And uh, that was mostly good until it wasn't. And uh, I, I grew up loving church. I loved everything about it. I loved the belonging. I loved the place of it all. I loved having a place. I loved the small talk. I loved the bad jokes with elderly men. I just, I felt safe and like I had a home at church. I studied theology at Houston Baptist University uh, with some of you. Uh, I did well in school. I got a scholarship to continue my education at Houston Baptist in a master's program uh, and was named the presidential scholar uh, for the master's program. Uh, I was even asked to speak pretty regularly on behalf of my Baptist University. I wonder how they feel about that choice now. Before I started Gather, I worked uh, for two megachurches, neither of which were great experiences. Uh, It wasn't all bad. I got to use my gifts. I met really great people, including Katie. But both of these institutions were full of hypocrisy and manipulation and harm, really dishonesty. And uh, I used to be really laissez-faire about uh, what church people go to. You know, people would tell me, oh, I go to such and such church, and that's not where I would go, but I was, that's awesome. Because if you go to whatever church you'll go to, you know what I mean? If you'll attend, if you'll belong, you go to that church. But I don't say things like that anymore. Because if a church is willing to hurt some people, they're willing to hurt you too. And if a church is willing to lie to some people in order to protect itself, it's willing to lie to you too. In fact, it probably is lying to you. If a church is willing to justify the means in order for some over-spiritualized ends, it's willing to sacrifice you too for that same end. Not all churches are safe, and church should never hurt. And in between my stints at these um, unnamed megachurches, my family life kind of started to break apart. Uh, my family found out about a secret life my father had been living. Uh, he was arrested. His arrest was on the local news. I was on the local news picking him up from jail. Uh, and it was devastating for our family. It was, um, uh, this was about five and a half years ago. And we are still in the reeling, still dealing with it. It was devastating. It is devastating. But watching the, the, the brutal culture of mega churches, especially churches in Houston, seeing my institution of a family break apart in a lot of ways, it wasn't so much that my faith in God crumbled. I still believed in God, but not the God I was given. And I still wanted to believe in the church, the church that I loved, but not the church I had seen. And um, I was on a journey and it hurt. It hurt. And it felt really lonely at times. It felt never ending. Like it was just going to go on and on and on. But I had some people in my life, some of you, who showed up for me in that season. I had people who reminded me of my gifts and didn't let me forget that I had a future. I had people who literally held me in a way 
that made it impossible to think that I was alone. In big gestures and in unremarkable moments, God was whispering, you are on your way. I'm no stranger, stranger to a difficult journey, so just hear me today, gather. You are not lost. You are not alone. You have a past and you have a future. You haven't arrived, but eventually you will. You are on your way. So for you, what, what, what kind of journey are you on? You know, what are you moving away from and what are you moving towards? Well, what's your journey right now? Is there anything that just comes to mind immediately? And for you, do you believe that you aren't alone? How lonely do you feel in the process? And I wonder if you think of God as being present with you or as being far away. Well, I wonder if you think of God as being angry with you, disappointed in you because of your journey. And do you have a place or a person or a people where you know you belong. You say, you know what, I'm not alone because I have this person. I know I'm not alone because I have these people. I have this place. Do you, do you have a place like that? And I wonder today, as you think about this idea of journeying, do you have a place where you want your journey to end? That you say, that's where I want to end up. I want to end up at freedom. I want to be whole. I want to feel secure. I wonder well, what it is for you, if you could put your finger on where, where you want your journey to end. Listen, I know you are on a journey because everyone is on a journey. But gather, you are not lost. You are not alone. You have a past and you have a future. You haven't arrived, but eventually you will. You, you are on your way. Uh, for more than uh, more than five years, I, I found this in my phone this week. It's a little more than five years. Uh, I've had this Thomas Merton prayer saved in a note on my phone. And um, I, I read this prayer for the first time at a very particularly difficult moment in my life. It was in the fall of 2017. I had just quit my second church job in a year. Uh, my dad had just been arrested uh, Katie and I were about a year into infertility. Our house flooded in Hurricane Harvey, and my grandmother had just passed away. And I found these words. I've, I've prayed them with you, and I've sent them to you many, many times. But Merton prays, My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen.
gather. You may not know where you are going, and you may not be able to see the road ahead. Though you may seem lost, though you may feel lost, do not fear. God is ever with you and will never leave you to face your perils alone. So gather, this is my prayer for all of us today. Trust, believe, open yourself up to experience the truth that you are not lost. You have never been alone. That though you have a past of pain and disappointment, you also have a future. That you haven't arrived, but eventually you will. Gather, believe today. Open yourself up to trust that you are on your way. May it be so. Amen. We're going to do a couple moments of silence and reflection, and then I'll come back in just a moment to lead us through our gospel proclamation. gather, hear this good news. You were created by God and God calls you good. You are loved by God and God calls you child. You are rescued by God and God calls you holy. And by the power of God, through Jesus Christ, you are loved, forgiven, and free. Created, loved, rescued, forgiven, and free. This is who you are. This is the fundamental truth of your identity, whether you feel it or not. You belong to God from eternity to eternity. Thanks be to God. Amen. Gather, go in peace.